Hello and welcome to the Fools on Schools podcast. My name is Kevin Walker, and as always, I'm joined by my co-stars Anthony Council and Cullen Brown. Today is Friday, March 18th. I hope you're having a wonderful day today. Thank you so much for letting us be part of your day. If you have a great time and don't mind, please do post us, share us, or tell others about us. If you don't like what you hear, then simply tell no one. Today is National Read It To Me Day. Why is Read it like, To Me Day. Why is it like with a question? You know what? I could read something to you. I could read you about how all these brackets are basically blessed. Because there are like zero brackets in the March Madness Madness of the NCAA. That yeah, is wonderful. Yeah, so ESPN came out. We are recording this as of 11 o'clock at night. So um, shout out to all the grinders at night. But um, we are recording this as of now. ESPN said that with the Iowa State upset, uh, there are no more perfect brackets remaining. Out of 17 million. Boys, that means... That means, unfortunately, that means that uh, that means our bracket also failed. I mean, hey, I mean, are you yeah, surprised? In the chat. I mean, I mean, I mean, like, are you surprised? I mean, like, look, this happens every year. You know, every time in March, this this time comes, everyone, you know, writes out their brackets. They always uh, just put out the the best brackets in the world. Some write do five, some do ten, some do twenty, some do a hundred. And my thing that I've always learned is that. Some of the top seeds, like for example, Kentucky, or even um, some of the other ones, like let's say it's a Duke, or let's say it's a uh, an Ohio State. Some of them, they're not going to win because it's tournament time. And I've said this to everybody: when it comes to the playoffs, whether it's the NBA, NHL, MLB, um, NCAA, the postseason matters. The postseason is a whole different season; it's a whole different level of intensity. And Colin, I know you can speak to this on me with this as well uh because it's the postseason and it's 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 different it's a different type of game can confirm anthony did use those words in describing the postseason for march madness i mean get fellas it is rough like it's bad it's like whatever <laughs> you know we sat there and i went on on our last episode, an hour or two, if you haven't seen it, please go and listen to it and help support the boys and everything. I was on Jackson, uh, South Dakota State Jackrabbits. I was about to say Jacksonville State. The South Dakota, oh boy. <laughs> the South Dakota Jackrabbits. Because ultimately, like, you know, it's like just something inevitably is going to happen. Like, you know what's going to happen. But you have to sit there and kind of try to convince yourself what is the most likely scenario for Cinderella to happen. And as you briefly mentioned I think Anthony, Kentucky this year, we all thought Kentucky would do really well, advance very far in the tournament. They didn't even get out of the first game. Uh, shout out to St. Peter's. Uh, listen, heck of a game by them. They weren't the only upset in the tournament. Also, shout out to Rich Wood, Rich Mend, defeating Iowa over there in the Midwest bracket. Iowa State beating LSU, as we previously mentioned, beating LSU uh, as an 11 seed. Notre Dame, Anthony, I think you called it. You said if Notre Dame would win their playing game that they would beat Alabama. So I want to give you credit for that. I appreciate um, it. Yes, I do. I do want to give you credit to that because as soon as I was watching that Alabama game, I was like, 
they're getting spanked all over the place. And I was like, you know what? I think a wise man once said, if Notre Dame wins, I'm taking them over Alabama. And I should have listened. Yeah. We should have. That was like Anthony's that was like listened. Anthony's one thing that he was like, Man, I'm telling He's you. He's like, dude, come on. I'm telling you, don't take Alabama over Notre Dame. We should have no. listened. We no. should have. We should have. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll learn. You know, you know, we shouldn't have, uh, and I don't think we did. I'm glad we didn't listen to the, about, about the Jackrabbits. That was – Colin, come on, man. They got smacked. They got smacked. They didn't, first of all, they didn't get smacked. They lost by, what was it, six? I'm going to look up the score just to confirm that. But Actually, it wasn't right. bad. Actually, they, you're right. You, they didn't get smacked. They lost. They did. They lost by nine. Excuse me. They lost okay. by nine. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. They lost by nine. There was, there was a couple. I didn't pick them in my bracket. That's yeah, it. they were my uh, they were my Cinderella uh, in this version of the bracket. Obviously, I was incorrect in predicting so. Um, but Richmond in that same kind of like part of the bracket, if they go in there and beat Providence, yeah, they're looked at as the Cinderella team. And obviously, there's hey, plenty of others just, that we haven't mentioned, but they they have a shot of being I just the Cinderella feel bad. too. I just feel bad for anybody who picked Kentucky to win it all. <laughs> like, I mean, my heart goes out to you. If you were sitting there, you're watching, and Kentucky went out, and you just deleted all social medias, all tournament bracket apps, and just was like, you know what? Maybe next year. Because I didn't have Kentucky going all the way. I had them, I think, sweet six – or no, I think I had them thirty-two. Either way, I didn't. I didn't have. I had them get getting past the first round, like I think most people did. Man, just I'm sorry if you, <laughs> I'm sorry if you picked Kentucky <laughs> in, in general, but uh, hey, St. Peter's, bro, Dougie, Doug, uh, Dougie is the man. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, listen. Shout out to St. Peter's. I wanted to because you you did bring up Kentucky. Uh, John Calipari, the head coach of the Kentucky Wildcats, one of the highest, I guess, regarded coaches in college basketball, um, did coach Kentucky to the national championship team back in 20, I think it was 2011, 2012, that team with Anthony Davis, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, that whole squad. Um, Since then, hasn't been the smoothest sailing for Kentucky. Uh, in 11 plus seasons at the helm, Kentucky has had 31 first rounders, 21 lottery picks and 41 total players drafted in the NBA. Um, that's 14 more than the next closest school in Duke. Who's had that many number, uh, uh, number of selections in the NBA draft. He's the only coach who has coached four number one overall picks. Those being Derek Rose, John Wall, Anthony Davis, and Carl Anthony Towns. Listen, John Calipari has had so much talent come through the University of Kentucky, and we'll talk about their, their talent way more on this podcast whenever we just do our various NBA segments because chances are if we mention somebody that's doing great in the NBA, there's a good chance they've come from Kentucky. Um, I mean, like you said, just the, those lists that I just mentioned, we haven't even mentioned like Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, like so many other names that have been successful in the NBA that have gone through John Calipari's program. But it's just he hasn't had the level of success that he needed to. In that same time frame, since John has won his championship at Kentucky, Jay Wright at Villanova, who's had way less NBA talent than John Calipari, <laughs> he's won two national championships since John Calipari's won his one. 
Um, and there's plenty of other coaches that have gotten success. Part of being a college coach is the recruiting aspect, like getting those one and done players, getting those players to attend your university. And John's done a really great job doing it. He's taken advantage of the one and done system. He's one of the great salesmen in terms of selling his program, selling his belief that we can get you to the next level and everything. But also his job at Kentucky is to win and produce. And when you've had this level of talent that he's had, I mean, the list goes on and on with the NBA players that he's produced. You got to have more than one championship. Am I right? I just wanted to get your thoughts on it because that was my um, my thoughts on it. No, um, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, hey, I would say I agree. And I'm going to hop on that soapbox as well of just you can't just win one. You can't just win one championship and think that you're one of the greatest of all time when it comes to college coaches. Um, there's a reason why uh, Williams, Roy Williams of North Carolina is known as one of the great blue bloods of college basketball. Coach K, the best, I don't care what anybody says, the best college coach of all time with the most champions, championships ever um, and has, a, has plenty of NBA players to account for, some who are superstars, some who are role players, some who have made, uh, some who have tripped people as well, ah, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but uh, I think that, that for John Calipari, uh, he's had the uh, stature and the stage of bringing in these superstar athletes uh, through his program and yet not being able to produce. We all saw what happened with Wisconsin that one year with the uh, star-studded team with the Harrison Twins, Willie Colley-Stein, as well as Carnegie Towns and how that shit sailed south against a Frank the Tank Kaminsky and they could not produce trying to go up against Duke, which would be, I believe, which would have been one of the best all-time greatest, one of the all-time greatest uh, NCAA championships yeah. ever, mm-hmm. seeing those two with so many superstars on both sides. But ever since that, ever since the time against Frank the Tank, they have not been able to get even past the second or third round, um, even get to the final four, and that's a problem. Does that mean Coach King, not Coach King, excuse me, does that mean Coach Calipari needs to get fired? I don't think so because he's able to produce so many so many recruits. Now the only problem is will those recruits keep going to Kentucky or will they go to other schools? Auburn is there. Auburn is here. Auburn is now. Schools in the SEC. Alabama is literally now. Okay, J.D. David is a stud. Um, Arkansas. There's Arkansas is yeah. now Arkansas yeah. here. I mean, there are other schools that are not and not that are not called Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina. Right. Um, there are other schools that can produce athletes. Even Missouri, which had Michael Porter Jr. We all know he had the back injury, but that school still produces. So now, are they all going to go to the Blue Bloods? I don't think so because other schools are going to recruit. And if Kentucky doesn't produce championships or even get close to a final four appearance and raise up his resume, then yeah, there's not gonna be a lot of students who will be going through Kentucky. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that, Anthony. And to kind of piggyback off what you were saying, I mean, I mean, when you say that teams can be in the run for these, these athletes coming out of high school that are just top tier, probably could play in the NBA now athletes. I mean, you look at what Gonzaga has done 
I mean, they built a powerhouse. And I guarantee you, anybody who doesn't follow college basketball very close can't tell you what conference they even play in. You know what I mean? Sure. There's a lot of teams that are in the run that find themselves in the run every single year. They play in the random divisions and they get these recruits coming in. You know, they get these four or five star recruits coming in every now and then. Um, I mean, for Gonzaga, Chet Holgram is definitely going to be a prime example of that. I mean, that dude is something else, you know. And for him to choose a, a school like Gonzaga over, like you know, you know, like you said, the Blue Bloods, the you know, the the Kentuckys, the Dukes, the UNCs, uh, you know, all those the higher ones, the the Auburns of the world, to just go to a Gonzaga and do the dominance that they're doing this year. I mean, it really shows the the opportunity that all these other schools really have at being successful, especially when you have 64 new teams or 64 teams every year and some that have a chance to make history every single year. Um, I mean, we, if you take, if you look at San Francisco's team, uh, not a lot of people knew San Francisco, you know, their relevancy and all that, but then they came out, they did really good. They lost in the first round, but guess what? their head coach is going to go take over that Florida spot now. Oh yeah. And yeah. so, you know, if, if Kyle Parry doesn't get the job done in the next few years, who knows he could be out the door. And not only that, Kevin, cause you, you guys both mentioned the, the chances that other recruits can go around the country and go to potentially other schools and build up their other thing. Kids, let's face it. They don't even need to go to college anymore. There's the G league. Nope. There's the international play. We've seen players more recently, uh, whether it's LaMelo Ball going play at – I think it was in the Australian League, if yep. I'm not mistaken. Um, or Jalen Green, who just came out this past year from the G League. Like, there are other avenues to go down other than the one-and-done program. So, Coach Calipari is not only trying to compete with the other coaches in college basketball, determining trying to get the best guys and everything. He's also trying to convince them, hey, hey don't go to the G League route. Don't go overseas and everything, even though it's showing success now to other players that are going down that route. So – it's only going to get more difficult as the uh, time goes on, in my opinion, unless there's some radical rule change that we don't know about. And it's going to be very interesting to see how Coach Calipari uh, adjusts his coaching style and adjusts everything to um, the future and everything. So, yeah. It's going to be that NIL money. <laughs> really. It's going to be and that even, NIL money. So. And even with that, I mean, one thing I know about Duke, and this is also just by going there um, and just being around – all the coaching staff and uh, bringing around Coach K and just, you know, seeing that whole entire – the oil machine kind of run. Um, they produce NBA players, period. I don't care what anybody says. Duke, Kentucky, and North Carolina produce NBA players. Does that mean every school is going to produce NBA players? No. That means, okay, uh, if you want to go to Kentucky, Duke, or North Carolina, you have a high chance, a higher chance to go pro. Right. You know, you have a higher chance to go to the NBA. Does that mean you have a high chance to win a championship? Probably not. I'm, I'm not going to say you do. You might if you have the right squad with you. If you have the number one, number two, number three, number four, number five recruits with you. Not saying you're going to get the number one, number two, number three, like Duke did with Cam Reddish, RJ Barrett and Zion Williamson, who Zion Williamson is a once in a generation type player. Like there's no way anyone's going to get someone like Zion. But um what I'm saying is, is that kids are now thinking about, for example, Jabari Smith. He wanted to win a championship, right? 
if you look, if you watch the documentary on Bleacher Report, um, he wanted to win a championship with Auburn. He got recruited by all these other schools, but he chose Auburn one because it felt like home, and two, it's the environment around you. Because one thing I know about Duke is Duke is a brotherhood, right? Duke will always be a brotherhood, period, right? You know, Coach Coach K pushes their players to the next level, right? I'm not saying Coach Calipari doesn't do that, but I think it has to do a lot with the environment, a winning environment, a championship mentality environment. Coach Calipari, he has that, but I'm not saying he's losing it. But recently, um, there's a there there I, recently there's been a lot of just hype around Kentucky because it's like, oh, Kentucky's this. This is this school, you know. Oh my gosh, you know, it's it's a great school. Memphis is too. Yeah, Memphis is right there with them. Absolutely. Yeah, Memphis is right there, mm-hmm. literally. And St. Mary's, St. Yep. Mary's as well, like literally. So yep. it's like, and like you guys said, the NIL money is there. Mm-hmm. They either go to the G League or go internationally. Um, and some of these top players. I'm not Amari Bailey's already already signed with UCLA right now, but let's say, and I think he did actually get recruited by Kentucky. He could have easily gone to the G League. And he's he's at least a top ten, top five recruit. Mm-hmm. Easily. Easily. And I just think that it's gonna be on these kids, it's on it's gonna be on these kids, young adults' decisions, whether to spend money on college, spend one year at college, one year. And go pro or get the real world experience, go to the G League or internationally, play against the big boys. And I don't know if you guys heard the um, Luka Doncic interview with JJ Redick yet, but apparently. Don't spoil he, it for me. Don't spoil it for me. I'm just going to say one thing that he said. He said that playing, that dropping 30 in the NBA is a lot easier than dropping 30 in the in the European League. And I can. Oh, I. And I can completely understand that. Absolutely, because, I bet. I bet because it, it, it's brutal over there. Because it's and it's not even that. It's because one, the different types of rules they have there, the play calling, and the court is a lot smaller over there than it is in the NBA. So, getting real world experience by playing overseas in Europe or in these other, or even the Australian league, can easily bolt and catapult a player's experience a player's play when they get in the nba and those are just my two cents with the whole entire college thing so yeah i completely agree uh but let's before we before we just before we kick it over to uh some real interesting stuff in the nfl if you follow the fools on stools as closely as you should you should know that not only are we supporters of women in sports but we are probably the most Iowa State women's basketball bandwagons there ever has been. Well, and we are, I think Iowa, not Iowa State. Hold, hold on. Or hold Iowa. On. I apologize. Iowa. Hold on. It's just me and Kevin. No, no. I'm tired of excluding Cullen. Cullen doesn't ever disagree. <laughs> I love watching Caitlin Clark play, man. What the heck? You should. You hey, you should because of the numbers that she's putting up, dude. You should enjoy what she's doing. I mean, dude. I mean. Oh yeah. Are you kidding me? She scored a double double in March Madness. Double double. 
Yeah. I mean, that's – But, that's like, a, what, some 30 points? Some, some, some slight? But, I mean, it's not even that she's the only piece on the team. Iowa scored, like, 90-something points. 98. 98. <laughs> yeah. Dude, are you kidding me? No. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's Katie Slack, she she came out with a quote where she talked about like major athletes, not only just in the WNBA but also in the NBA, yeah. speaking about her play and how crazy it is and everything. And there's no other way to say it. She is a superstar right now. Yeah. Like she oh, yeah. is so good for women's college basketball. And the longer she stays in the tournament, I understand that. Like you know, obviously she's got to play well. Her team's got to play well, and they got to mm-hmm. advance and everything. This is only good for the sport. If Caitlin Carter keeps playing, because she is no. she is box office. Like, and I don't care if you're sitting there, um, you know, just not even that huge of a sports fan. Her story, just again, Iowa not being the traditional women's team powerhouse compared to like you know Stanford or UConn. The fact that she's you know got them to win the Big Ten tournament to score nearly a hundred points or help them score nearly a hundred points in their tournament game and potentially make a really long run here. Uh, it's going to be must-watch uh, in terms of the women's bracket. Oh, yeah. 27 points, 10 assists, 6 rebounds. Amen. That's impressive. I don't care who <laughs> – I don't care if it's men's or women's. That's impressive regardless. That's yeah. that's on 34 minutes played. Jeez. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's mean, incredible. Yeah. Yeah, that's – Dude, that Iowa, that Iowa team is something else. Yeah. Not to mention but, not not only Iowa, but did y'all see the South Carolina Howard game? <laughs> so so Stop we it. just I talked mean, about how. Of, I mean, speaking Stop of it. high scores. Stop it. We know. Okay. Okay. Bro. <laughs> I, I mean, if almost so, no, 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 so I'll preface it this way. So if anyone's listening is not unfamiliar with the score, I we just talked about how Iowa almost reached 100 points. Howard and South Carolina did reach 100 points in total between the two teams scored. Um, one team had 79% of the 100 points, and one team had 21%. I'll let y'all guess to see uh, which team you think <laughs> got which score. But, oh, my God, 79 to 21? Are you kidding me? Goodness, 58-point victory in March Madness. That's that's incredible. I get it's a one almost, and a sixteen seed, but almost everybody on South Carolina's bench scored. Oh, dude, it's that's not it's ridiculous, bad. man. They got a squad. Like I said, I I picked them to win the whole thing, you know. But I, <clears throat> my thing is, my thing is, uh, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah. No, listen. I mean, they got the dub. They got we'll, the dub. We'll I mean, look, knock on knock on wood, boys, but. Kaylin Clark and them, they could they could have a potential square off against South Carolina. So I'm just that? saying. So oh, that'd be one for this. I'm just centuries. saying, like it's it's a little down the line, but it is. Whew, so so one v one, right? One v one. This okay. Mm-hmm. If you could pick one player to start your franchise, would you pick Kaylin Clark or Paige? Oh, that's good. I'm gonna have to say Caitlin Clark to kill any any rumor that I'm not a Caitlin Clark fan on this show, but I am also saying it because she is a baller, and the fact that her her offensive game is 
Because she, as you, Kevin mentioned, she had 10 assists in her last contest, so she can clearly distribute. Yeah. She can obviously shoot the ball at will. Yeah. Her offense. I kind of feel like I kind of feel like you're gonna you were trying to say exactly what I was saying. Because that's literally word for word what I was gonna say. <laughs> I was gonna say Caitlin Clark because she can she can distribute the ball. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean I completely agree with you, Colin. Yeah, I mean right. hey, great minds take a look. There you go. Anthony, do you agree? I'm gonna go Paige. I'm sorry. I'm mm. whoa, 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 okay. whoa, 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 whoa. That's Paige whoa. Buckets, though. That's, that's Paige Buckets. Yeah, it is Paige Buckets. I mean Paige, but Paige's jump shot is like water. It's like butter. Yeah. It's like watching it, bro. Like when those two get in the league, get in the WNBA, bro. Sign me up. Look, yeah, I'm gonna watch. I love Diana Taurasi, right? I love Sue Bird. These two are up next. They're now, literally. When they get in the league, they're gonna be gone. They're gonna be now. That's gonna be crazy. That Olympic squad is going to be lethal. That's all I know. That's all I know. Team USA. Yeah. Hey, y'all know y'all know that we're supposed the NCAA is in the works on uh trying to make a March Madness twenty three for next year's uh PlayStation Xbox. Oh, for real. That's I what I heard. Rumor. 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 Is. Heard here first Rumor on the is. Fools on Stools podcast. Yep, Jeez. I'm the behind the scenes creator. Yeah, you got the scoop at NC Daily for everything, not just North Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, (laughs) on another topic. So while we were getting busy filling out our brackets, checking who we lost to, who we won, how busted our brackets were, crying tears, some news was going down in the league. Boys, Aaron Rodgers was like, "Hey." I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, Aaron Rodgers was like, I'm not going to go sign with Denver. I'm going to come back to Green Bay. I'm going to pass Devontae Adams. I'm going to hand it off. I'm going to go back, right back to doing what I was doing, having success, having success, losing the playoffs, and then have some more success. And Devontae Adams was like, I'll have to see you on the other side, buddy. So Devontae Adams gets traded to the Las Vegas Raiders boys. What was your initial reaction when you saw this? This was out of left field for me. So the official compensation for uh, Devonte Adams was a first and a second round draft pick in this year's upcoming NFL draft number 22 and number 53 overall selections. Devonte Adams then signed a new five year, $141.25 million contract. Adams will, be making, Adams will be making an average of $28.25 million and become the new highest paid wide receiver in NFL history. Um, I know a lot of people were sitting there being like, oh my God, this contract's insane. It's what the market dictates. Like Devontae Adams is well-deserved of being that highest paid wide receiver in the NFL DeAndre Hopkins set the bar whenever he got his extension, excuse me, um, and Devontae Adams exceeded it, and Las Vegas is willing to pay it. As long as that's the case, people are going to get paid. And uh, I know you mentioned, Kevin, that uh, Rodgers was thinking that Adams was going to be there towards his Green Bay thing. According to reports, it was said that Adams or Rodgers knew that Adams potentially was going to be moved out of Green Bay, that Adams necessarily wasn't for sure going 
to be move or going to be a Green Bay Packer for this upcoming season. So it wasn't completely blindsided to Rodgers, but either way, I'm sure he would have much rather gone into the season with number 17 uh, lined up on the outside. Uh, listen, they had talked to, they had posted before Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers, they had posted before the season that this was the last dance for them too. And uh, Devontae Adams, you know, he was serious about it. He, he wanted to sit there and he wanted to get paid. Uh, he wasn't happy with the fact that he got slapped with the franchise tag after his deal had run out with Green Bay. The Packers had plenty of chances to extend Devontae if they wanted to. Now, would Devontae have accepted it? We'll never know. But um, this is a huge, huge problem now for the Green Bay Packers. I mean, I remember coming in and talking on the podcast the next day whenever they lost in the playoffs to the San Francisco 49ers. And I, I remember it was like something like, out of the 27 passes that Rodgers threw, like 18 or 20 of them were to either Devontae Adams or Aaron Jones. And now one of those players is gone. He's no, he's no longer on the team. It's a huge shakeup for the Green Bay Packers. Um, listen, the NFC is with, you know, the Rams losing some people due to not being able to form under the cap, with uh, the Buccaneers also losing some people uh, due to their cap situation. The NFC is wide open. But Green Bay took a step back in terms of what they're going to be able to do come postseason time without the best wide receiver in the game. It's a huge loss for them. There's no other way to say it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I didn't really think it was a big shocker. I just thought it was very confusing. Mm-hmm. The reason why I say it was confusing is because a two-time MVP basically back-to-back, not two-time, but Back to back to back MVP who's throwing to an all pro wide receiver and you decided to leave Green Bay and go get catches from Derek Carr. Nothing against Derek Carr. Derek Carr's a great quarterback. He's fantastic at um, the Raiders. Of course, you know, that's they had a terrific season, right? Fantastic season. Yes. But why? Like, 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 like so if it's about the money, go get your money. Go get your money. Yes. But I just I don't know. I, I don't I don't think yeah. I don't think it was about the money for Devontae. If if you do your research, then you actually come to find out Devontae Adams and Derek Carr played together at Fresno State back in college. Mm-hmm. Right. Um they were very efficient. They obviously both went to the NFL. Um Derek Carr has been known to be the top arguably 15, 10, yeah, I'd say top, top, top 10. I would say top 10 for me, mm. but top 15 for sure in the league um, out of yeah. quarterbacks. And he's, hey, he's about to get paid. And listen, I just want to throw something real quick in there, Kevin. The Packers were willing to pay Devontae Adams even more than what he got. Yes, this is right. true. Devontae's always wanted to be a Raider. Yeah. They no, said it, he said that he said it was his childhood during him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, you know, he did what he wanted to do with Green Bay. And, you know, Green Bay, they, they were there. They were there like, hey, like, we will we will give you the money. And he just – he wanted to go play with someone that he's comfortable with, that he's still family with as far as I know. All the rumors I've heard that say that him and Derek Carr have maintained a very close relationship over the years. Um, he wanted to go play and – Play in a comfortable spot, and now the Las Vegas Raiders are looking really scary. Yeah, I mean, you you listen. You said Derek Carr might be top ten. People can have their debates where they have him. 
uh, listen, he's got Darren Waller. He's got Devontae Adams. He's got Hunter Renfro, who led them in catches and targets last year as a great slot wide receiver. Yeah. If Derek Carr is going to show what don't, he's – Don't forget Josh catching. Jacobs. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I'm just talking about his receiving options. But, yeah, yeah no, I mean, it's it's insane the weapons that Derek Carr is going to have next year. And we're going to see the best potential uh, player that Derek Carr can be. So, obviously, in the AFC West arms race, Raiders were kind of sitting there with all these moves being made. They were like, oh, I guess we're going to, you know, maybe not make so many – crazy high-profile moves, they are like, nah, we're competing in this division. We made the playoffs last year. Like, we're not about to bow out to the Broncos, the Chargers, and the Chiefs. Like, yeah. we still got to compete. We still think we've got a quarterback that can get it done. They just brought in a new head coach. It's a it's a new day in Las Vegas. So It's going to be a crazy division. I yeah. think that yeah. it has the potential to be the best division of all time. Like, that's, that's- – cool. Let's just hope this homecoming doesn't go crashing down because we've seen some things, mm-hmm. things like this where a player goes back home and it doesn't turn out to be what it used to be back in the heyday. Okay. And I'm not talking, well, I'm not talking mm-hmm. about, you know, oh, let's go draft, uh, you know, Jamar Chase from LSU and, you know, team up with Joe Burrow. I'm not saying anything like that. I mean, they were together for a, a year and then he left and, you know, it's like a match made in heaven. Not every match is going to be made in heaven. Sometimes a match will be hellbound. I'm just going to be honest because because the chemistry is just not there, you know. So mm-hmm. so hopefully this will work out. That's the goal that it'll work out. But the last thing we need is it, and I'm not and I'm not comparing Derek Carr to a Baker Mayfield, but we don't want it to be like a Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham situation where the chemistry mm-hmm. just isn't there. Okay, right. you get it. They played in college. That's fantastic. But this is the NFL. This is mm-hmm. very different. The chemistry may be the same, but they haven't played together in a couple years. He's been with the Raiders, and he's been with Green Bay. He's been playing. With, he's been playing with, um, with, oh my gosh, I, I'm blanking on his name, Aaron Rodgers, and Derek Carr's been playing with many different wide receivers. Okay, now it could be right back where it started, but you know we just never know. Absolutely. Well, I got a hundred point. I listen. All, Anthony, that may be very true, and obviously Derek Carr and Devontae Adams. I hope that Devontae is in Las Vegas right now, and they're preparing when they're going to get some throws in, uh, maybe in that stadium or maybe in a, a local facility. All I got to say is he's got 141 reasons to be happy if it doesn't work out with Derek Carr. So I think he'll be all right regardless. I think so too. Yeah, that's very fair. Now, speaking of numbers, speaking of numbers, you want to talk about numbers to be happy about. Let's talk about it. Deshaun listen, Watson. Listen, before, because we're about to get into this, we got to give credit to Kevin here. Anthony, he yeah. called it. He called I it. I know. He called it. <sighs> we got to give you your props, Kevin. Well done. Well done, sir. Yeah. Well done. Well hey, done. even I stuck to it. Even when they said that the Browns were out, I was like, oh, man. I was like, dang, that sucks. I was like, but hopefully they can still pull off something. So. When it's all said and done, Deshaun Watson waived his no-trade clause to the Cleveland Browns. Deshaun Watson is now a Cleveland Brown at the price of five years, $230 million. Cullen, how much of that is guaranteed? Out of the $230 million, $230 million of it is a guarantee. Every- Single oh percent, every God. bit of it. 
the most guaranteed contract in NFL history. It's more than eight. It's eighty million dollars more than the previous record set by Aaron Rodgers for most guaranteed money. He got paid, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, the Texans. The Texans, on the other hand, receive three first-round picks, a third-round pick, and a fifth-round pick. I believe. I can no, double check on that. It was a fourth. It was a fourth. Yeah. Okay. It was a fourth because. Uh, Cleveland got uh, Deshaun in a fifth. Yeah, so that's what you're thinking. So, of. so, so y'all give me my props on that. I really appreciate that. I do. I do appreciate that. Yeah. Now, my next prediction: Baker Mayfield goes to the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. Uh, the Cleveland Browns are, of course, granting Baker his his trade, his want to be traded. It would make absolutely no sense to keep him around. Um. So. Look for Baker Mayfield to be shopping and seeing where he wants to go now. But boys, I mean, wow, I was I, I was even stunned at the price tag that Deshaun Watson went for. I mean, you're talking about somebody who hasn't played in a year. Yeah, for obvious reasons, um, he's forty six million to discredit, dollars. Not 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 to discredit his athletic ability because when he was playing, he was he was an MVP candidate. Yeah, he was tip top shape. He was taking cleats to the eyes and making passes. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and I mean, look, Deshaun Watson is one of is a fantastic quarterback, right? He's one of the best that's in the league right now. Okay, um, and I think that yes, the price tag says a lot. That means you better show up, damn it! I don't care. You better show up. You better ball. You got Amari Cooper right there in your backyard. Literally, like you better be throwing the ball to him. You better make sure he make them catches. I don't care. You haven't been, you haven't played in a couple seasons. So we're so a lot of people are expecting a lot. I like Browns fans are expecting playoffs. I don't care. They're oh yeah, no right. yeah. If you don't get to the playoffs this year as a Browns fan, it was a bust. It was a bust year, and you need to figure it out. Absolutely, like the whole season, is, uh, whole season is a bust. Period. Colin, you have something to add? I, I do, but I don't want to interrupt Anthony, so I want Anthony to make his point. Go ahead. You're, you're good? Go okay. Go so ahead. the real the real quick thing is, and I, I, I don't want to say that, you know, it, it could happen. It's, it's not a for sure thing, but Deshaun Watson, we've mentioned his contract, how expensive it is. His base salary this year is $1 million. And you might be sitting there thinking $1 million, like, what the heck's going on? Like, you know, why is he only getting paid that when he's got 229 more million dollars to make? The reason is, is because he could very well get suspended by the NFL this season, even though in the court of law, he could potentially, or he's, you know, not facing any criminal charges. We've seen it in in the past with other players, um, even though they don't face any legal reprimands, the NFL could still potentially suspend Deshaun for, four, six, eight, however many games. He could be suspended for the whole next year. We don't know. Again, this is just depending yeah. on what the NFL does. Uh, listen, Watson, if he does play, and again, Kevin, you mentioned the fact that he hasn't played for a year. He's going to be rusty. Like, I get he's going to go through training camp. He's going to go through preseason everything. He's still got to go through live NFL games to kind of get back in the swing of things. And it might take him like a month to really get back into that prime uh, shape that we know Deshaun Watson to be. So I don't want to sit there and be like, oh, it's it's playoffs or bust necessarily because he might miss some games 
to the suspension, and then also might be rusty whenever he does eventually get back onto the field. So that's the only thing I just kind of wanted to throw in there. For I don't me. know. <clears throat> I, I do see where you're coming from, but you're getting paid $230 million fully guaranteed. You better not be rusty at all. You better be sitting in your in your hotel room practicing your hip thrusts right now. I don't know. Like, if you're the Browns, I'm your, all I'm saying is if you're the Browns and you're a Browns fan, you expect a lot this year. You got Nick Chubb. You still have Kareem Hunt. You got Amari Cooper now. As of right now, you still have Jarvis Landry, which if I'm Jarvis Landry, I'm like, you know what? I'll probably stay. And then, you know, you'll, you'll, depending on who they go out to get in the draft, I mean, I know Cleveland hasn't been super busy. I guess we can kind of see why. And whoever they might get for Baker. So Jarvis Landry got released, by the way. Oh, yeah, that's right. He did get released. I apologize. I, I was – Thinking in the time where he was asking for the trade, I'm giving him two years. It's two years to figure it that's out. Fine. No, that's fine. No, listen. <laughs> figure out what? Figure out a Super Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> this is something. He's getting paid a lot of money, and a hundred percent. And this is this is a lot of money to be paying a guy that just went through what he went through. And you know, I get Deshaun's talented and everything. This sets a whole new precedent for quarterbacks signing contracts in the future. Because we've seen Kirk Cousins get a deal that's fully guaranteed. Now we're seeing Deshaun Watson with really big money get fully guaranteed money. I mean, we're sitting there thinking about guys that are going to get paid in the future, like Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, uh, Lamar Jackson still hasn't gotten paid. Like, these guys are going to be commanding serious money with what Deshaun Watson just got paid. Uh, and Kyler Murray, too. Yeah, Kyler Murray. That's another one. So I mean, he hasn't even gotten his yet. And nope. he's probably seeing what Deshaun Watson just got. And he's like, hey. Agent, I want some of that. I want some of that. What he's probably thinking is, hey, he hasn't been in the league. I've been balling my you-know-what out. So why is it that I'm not getting a contract extension, but this dude who hasn't played in a couple seasons is? Dude, what? Joe Burrow is going to want $300 million fully guaranteed. I mean, you think about it. He came from an ACL injury to a Super Bowl. Hello. And they have linemen now. So, right. I mean, I know everybody was like, hey, you know, don't let Cincinnati be the next Miami Dolphins. And they've made <laughs> all the right moves. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, we've talked about it. They, that AFC division, and not only just that one division, that AFC over there is ridiculous. Yeah, it's stacked. It's that. What, what I'm predicting is the next couple of drafts, it's going to be that it, it's going to be even. It's gonna be even. The yeah. NFC is gonna be it, it, it's gonna be nice because with some of the draft prospects that are be, that are going to be coming up, especially at QB, and um, don't get me started on who's gonna get Arch Manning because I know we we at least I've been I was talking about this for a long time on the podcast. Whoever gets him in the NFC, they 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 are gonna be happy. But the these next couple of drafts um, are going to be very stacked, very elite especially for the NFC, and I think it's going to be evenly matched up after these next couple of uh, um, drafts come through. So, Absolutely. Deshaun Watson better ball yeah. out. Here. That's I'm fair. Better. No, that's fair. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Well, let's uh, let's take it over from an overreaction football. Uh, guys, Steph Curry is injured. Uh, it's kind of a tough run for Golden State right now. Uh, as you all know, Draymond Green – Came back for the game that all three, Clay, Steph, and Draymond, all on the court for the first time in 
I think some a thousand days. It's been mm-hmm. a long time since we've seen the big three. Yeah. Uh, and Steph Curry injures, uh, gets injured. Uh, he sprained his left foot ligament. Um, if you've seen the play, then you've probably also seen uh, Steve Kerr getting in Marcus Smart's face. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that Marcus Smart's known to be a dirty player in the league, but the foul was definitely it was not it wasn't a, it wasn't a it was foul. It, yeah, it, it was it was uncalled for. It could have yeah. been avoided. Uh, so, I mean, what what is y'all's prediction for Golden State, and how do y'all think they'll they'll recover with with how close that West is getting? Well, um, I would say that if Steph Curry comes back and he's healthy, um, and the foot injury isn't, let's say he can, because I heard that he's, he might come back late April. Uh, during the Western Conference playoffs, if he's back, they're fine. They're winning the thing. They're winning the dance. They're winning the whole thing. They're winning the shindig. They're winning it all. I don't care what anybody says, especially now that uh, James Wiseman is playing in the G League uh, right now. That's all they really need is, 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 is a body in the paint. I think that if you bring back Steph Curry when he's, when he's healed, I think he's going to be fine. And with that, you know, point forward of Draymond Green, who's really the the anchor in that ship that you really need, uh, I think they'll be fine. Honestly, uh, right now, I think it's going to be, I think it's it's going to give some players an opportunity because you know with with players coming out, I think it obviously gives other players an opportunity um, to really ball. So I think they're going to be okay. Uh, their schedule is a little bit rough right now. I mean, yes, they lost to the Mavericks, uh, um, which was a big loss, uh, and I think that. That, that Golden State just has to try to stay healthy. You know, it, it, it's hard for them because, I mean, losing Steph Curry, that, that's a big loss. But I think now Draymond and Clay can kind of learn how to play off each other because um, I think that that Draymond Green, like I said, he's he's the anchor of the show. You know, he's he's the one who really puts all the pieces together, whether it is from the role players to Steph and Clay. you know. So I think that that once they get Steph back from the injury, I think they'll be perfectly fine. Go ahead, see. Yeah, no, listen, uh, you know, on the on the actual play, listen, Marcus Smart's a very aggressive defender. He saw an opportunity to go after the ball uh, and rolled up on Steph's ankle. Uh, in a game in March like that, uh, was, was it a little excessive? Yeah, I, I wouldn't call it straight dirty. I don't think he was intentionally trying to hurt Steph Curry uh, on that play, but certainly unfortunate. Um, by any means, and I don't blame Steve Kerr at all for his reaction in trying to uh, confront Marcus Smart on the play. Um, Steph Curry will be reevaluated in two weeks. Um, the upcoming schedule for the Warriors, uh, they've got the Spurs here on Sunday, then they've got the Magic, the Heat, the Hawks, and the Wizards. So it's not, you know, a crazy, you know, uh, schedule coming up uh, for the Golden State Warriors, so they could be very manageable. Um, the NBA playoffs do not start until April 16th. So if I'm the, if I'm Golden State, I'm sitting there. I'm just like, hey, listen, you know, we've got bigger things to worry about than games in you know March and April. Like we're trying to play in May and June, as Anthony alluded to, and we uh, we we need to focus on that. And um, I think getting Steph healthy should be and will be the number one priority for Golden State. 
Draymond came out with a quote uh, not too long ago saying that if they are the two or the three seed, it doesn't matter. Like they're still with the mindset of championship mindset. And, you know, <laughs> sometimes you, you, you get what you ask for. So hopefully Draymond and Golden State is prepared to go through this next stretch without Steph Curry. Um, it's it's going to be very interesting to see kind of like how their offense looks without Steph out there. Um, but yeah, uh, very bad loss for the NBA. Steph Curry's great for basketball. Um, yeah. It's going to suck not having him out there, but luckily it could have been a lot worse to be honest. So yeah, um, happy that it's, it's only a left foot sprain. And we obviously here at the fools on stools wish Steph Curry the best. Yeah. And I mean, Marcus Smart, he's not a dirty player. Like we all know he's not a dirty player. He's a player who flops. He's a player who's aggressive. He's a player who, I mean, it's true. He flops. You saw listen, that. He made. Listen, I remember I, when he jumped quick, like, like a 30 quick, 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 quick story. So I did go to high school with Marcus Smart. And How many times did he flop? We were in a drama class together. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> True story. Okay. We actually took like drama theater, whatever you want to call it. I have people that will back me up on that story. But, yeah. Um, not saying he got it from there necessarily, but, listen, the facts are there. The facts are the facts. So, yeah. but love you, Marcus. Hope you're, hope you're well. But, well, if he, if he hears this, if he, hears, <laughs> I hope he remembers you. Yeah. Yeah, do you, think you can, do you think you can get Marcus Smart on the pod? Uh. <laughs> Listen, if I, ever, if, right? if I ever see Marcus Smart again, uh, obviously I hope he'd recognize me. But if he did, listen, I'd, I'd love to have him on. So hopefully, if he well, yeah, affords me the opportunity, to well, I'm saying if he affords me the opportunity, then we'll see what happens. But it's not like Marcus Smart's just chilling over at UNT, you know, picking playing pickup games or anything. So hey, we can just call him in. Just try to reach out to him on uh, the old social media. Be like, yeah. hey, you remember me from class? Yeah, or something. Hey, look, look, it's it's hard enough just to get a DM back from Jamal Adams when you see him like every day at your high school, basically. There you go. And it's he's easy as looks. And he's an All Pro Pro Bowler, like ever yeah. would be. And, I mean, Kevin, like, you you have a video with Patrick Mahomes. Can we get Mr. Catchup Boy on the pod? Like, can we please? <laughs> like, come on. Like, it's not that simple, uh, man. Like, come okay, on, but know? I didn't I didn't have class with Patrick Mahomes. True. That's true. You got out of class when you saw Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that got, is true. Yeah, I got, I got, I got up out of there. Yeah. I was right. like, hey man, I got. So what I'm hearing is Patrick Mahomes owes you, or you owe Patrick Mahomes one, is what you're saying, since he got you out of class. If that's the case, then he owes a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> or, if that's the case, then a lot of people owe him. Okay. That's fair. But getting back to what we were discussing, Kevin, do you what do you got to say about Steph's situation? Man, it sucks because you you never want to see a player like Steph go out. You know, the the league's just better with him in it. Um, I know after he got the three thousand record, um, you know the, the three pointers haven't been as on point as they normally are this year for Steph, which. A, a bad year for Steph on three is probably an average year for anybody else. So, um, but all that aside, Steph's just a good guy. He's a good team player. Uh, you know, he just, he just, like I said, he's just one of those guys that just makes the league better. To see him go out, just, man, it sucks. You know, it just, you, you, you want him back as soon as he's gone. So, uh, kind of like the KP situation, you don't want to lose KP, you know, just guys that make the league better. There's just, 
good guys to to have on your team. You just you don't want to lose those kinds of guys. And Steph Curry is definitely one of those. So hopefully he'll be back sooner than later. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, in other NBA news, um, Detroit Pistons, Sadiq Bay scores mm. 51 points for the NBA's Nobody's paying attention. <laughs> eighth Nobody's paying game. attention to the NBA. Listen. Yes, there's plenty of people playing attention to the NBA. What are you talking about? It's Mark. What are you talking about? Listen, listen, listen. It is March Madness, but people can watch the NBA too. Listen, it's just basketball. It's basketball heaven no, for no, those no, people no. right now. It's no, basketball no, no, no. heaven for no, 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 no. these people right now. No, 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 We're no. talking about Sadiq Bay here. Come on, no, man. No, 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 no. Let me help you out. Let me help you out, Colin. Because because Kevin's kind of right. Kevin's kind of right. It's the Detroit Pistons. There no, you go. If you would have said that. If you would have no said that, it's better. Don't say no one's paying attention to the NBA. No one's paying attention to the Detroit Pistons. Because they need the bad boys no more. Listen, but we, they did ball Dude, out. I was flipping through channels trying to watch the next March Madness game. I didn't even know NBA was playing. Oh, Kevin. Unbelievable. <laughs> NBA hater Kevin Walker on the podcast. No, I'm not an NBA hater. All right, anyways. Anyways, Big, I'm just getting around, Kevin. Sadiq Bay, bro. He drops 50. I mean, 51 points. But did, but did you know that he dropped this 51-point performance on strictly jump shots? He had no layups, no dunks, none of this stuff. He had 10 three-pointers oh, in the Detroit right. Pistons 134 to 120 win over the Orlando Magic. I wanted to bring this up because, again, we've thrown just random shots at Detroit on this podcast all across sports, like all across, all across. I try to give Detroit their – I try to give Detroit their ops, be like, hey, everything sucks, but colleges are doing fantastic for y'all. Well, listen, I just wanted to highlight this performance from Sadiq Bay because it continues – like people are just dropping 50 points like it's just – like it's just like a casual game. Like it's just like – Maybe I might go drop 50. I mean, shoot, Kevin. You know, lace them up, man. I, I that's all I'm saying. You're you're a, you're an elite wide receiver. You know, you're, you've got your huddle and everything. Maybe you can get an NBA tryout. I don't know, but dude, hey, it's ten day it's contract. Insane. Ten day contract. Yeah, get a, get a ten day. You know, you know, say hey, Lou. Oh my gosh. <laughs> man, I actually just pulled out his basketball shoes on the podcast. That is crazy. I didn't know what kinds those are. I, I didn't even. I didn't get a good chance to. They're look. LeBron's. Oh wow. LeBron James, hmm. LeBron James, not mm-hmm. Michael Jordan shoes. Hmm. No. Very interesting. Very interesting. Hmm. I, I do want I want a pair of Kobe's to play basketball in, but I have that's LeBron's right now. Got to support the old ankles. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and LeBron's uh, LeBron's got some good basketball shoes. Um, speaking yeah. LeBron, speaking of LeBron, I don't want to just hop off the Sadiq Bay train right now, but speaking of LeBron. That bank shot that they that he made today, tonight. Oh my goodness, bro! Oh my goodness. Hey, Russell Westbrook showed up to play too. Yeah, had a triple double, hit a uh, game tying three with like 0.4 seconds left to send it to overtime. Yeah. Yes, he woke up on the right side of the bed. Whatever he did this morning, he needs to do that every day. Listen. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been rough for the Lakers this year. So, um, yeah, it was it was good that they got their moment at the. Expensive Toronto because I mean, listen, it's it hasn't been good for them. So you know, happy for Russ and LeBron. Great shot. He's now twenty points away from becoming the number two all-time scorer in NBA history, passing Carl Malone. So definitely something to potentially talk about next week on the uh, the podcast. So yeah, little, little preview for you there. But yeah. um, yeah, but uh, but I think it, 
just kind of going back to Sadiq Bay, um, that was huge. I mean, that was huge. You know, mm-hmm. 10 three-pointers in, in, in the game. I mean, Detroit, is they've had an interesting season, obviously, getting the number one pick with Kate Cunningham. I think that if they get the number one pick again in the lottery, if they get a Chet Holmgren, whoa, that's going to be insane. But I don't know what the draft looks like um, this upcoming year. Uh, but I think that first league Bay, I think that was huge. I mean, just yeah. getting 50 points off of jump shots, no layups, no dunks. Yeah, that's – yeah. That's insane. Yeah. And it's Everybody just like – Because, <laughs> like, like, okay, like if LeBron drops 50, you know, awesome. If LeBron dropping 50. Yeah. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, uh, Jason Tatum dropped 50. Like we're seeing all these, like, prolific scores. And then Sadiq Bay, Sadiq yeah. Bay drops 50. Like – Right. The NBA scoring stretch is on a tear right now, and I know because it's March Madness, we probably won't be as like hyper focused in on some of the regular matchups. That's impressive, dude. Like that's the fact that we've had eight fifty point performances this month. It's it's on it's it's unlike anything I can remember as of just the top of my head. It reminds me when Kobe Bryant just had that amazing scoring stretch um, back when he dropped like eighty one, and he was just like killing everybody on the court. Except now the whole league's apparently adopting that moniker. Yeah, he like, had like what, like 60, 60. He had like 81, obviously, that big 81 point game. Uh, yeah, some 50s. Point. Yeah. 40s. Like it was just, it was just an unbelievable scoring tear. And now the, uh, the entire NBA is following suit. Yeah. Um, but listen, we've got a big game this weekend. We've got the Boston Celtics traveling to Denver to take on the Denver Nuggets this Sunday, uh, Sunday night game, if I want to add. Uh, Jason Tatum, 26.7 points per game, leading the way for Boston, taking on Nikola Jokic, a man that we have talked fair amount on this show, to say the least, uh, for the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. 26, almost 14 rebounds a game, and over a little over eight assists. Uh, fellas, how are we feeling about this one? It's, it's, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a – I'm not saying it's going to be a finals matchup, but it's going to be – it's going to be two contender, con- contenders going at it, and it's going to test each team. Um, Jason Tatum's on a roll right now. The whole entire Celtics squad is on a roll right now. Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, um, they have been on a roll right now. Um, I think it's going to test them a lot. You know, we know that the Denver Nuggets, they don't have Jamal Murray. I believe he's in Christmas. If I'm wrong, I believe he's going to be playing the G league very soon. Yeah. He was designated um, to return to the G league. Yep. Yeah. So I, I would say in my estimate by next season, he will be back uh, next season. Hopefully I guess he's been out for a minute. Um, I think it's really going to test them. You know, Jokic is an MVP front runner, you know, uh, that whole squad is a well-oiled machine with Jokic on the team just running the whole entire offense um michael porter jr you have just all these different players who are able to ball out but the defense of the celtics is very different and the defense of the celtics has woken up and i think it's going to test the offense of the of the nuggets and if they come out with a win i think they can challenge the best of them i still believe that the celtics can uh, battle the best of from the east side that they can battle the best of the of the Bucks, the Nets, and um, even the Heat just by their defense alone. Um, offensively, they're no joke. Jason Tatum is a bucket. Jalen Brown is a bucket. 
that whole entire squad is a bucket, and they're coached very, very well this year also. So I think it's going to be a test for the Celtics and especially for the Nuggets on the offensive side to see how well they can play um, this year. So, well, for the rest of the season. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I think it'll be a very interesting contest. Uh, do you think there's any chance Jamal Murray comes back this year? I don't think or they would it? do it. I, I, I just don't think so. I think I think especially after – I know this is a whole different team, but um, I think just after what everybody saw of Kevin Durant uh, during that one stint when he mm-hmm. played um, against Toronto in the finals and just how he was basically out an entire year um, mm-hmm. just by one move of the foot to tear ACL. Uh, I, I I don't think they would they would risk that. Just let Jokic play the rest of the season. Let Jamal Murray get his get his um his feet back up under him in the G League, um playing some some organized basketball, and I think they'll get him healed up for the summer for the next season. So, yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Kevin, you got anything to add to that? No, not much. Just uh. Just ready to get to hour two, baby. We're going to be talking about a whole bunch. Uh, so y'all don't forget to come back for hour two of the Fools on Souls podcast. We we might be virtual, but we still got a whole bunch of good stuff to talk about. Uh, as We're going to be kicking back to another Collins Corner for some good, with a good old list. You know he's going to have a good old list for us. Hopefully we're going to be uh, getting some spicy, uh, some spicy debates over there for Anthony's Alley. Uh, and then as always, we'll end it with Kevin's kickback. Uh, so don't forget to tune back in. Peace.